Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yudim, Shalom Le'Bnei Noach, Shalom Le'Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day. Erev Yud Zayin, B'chodesh Eshvat, Parashas Yisro, Tavshin Pei Gimel 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 7 February 2023. You're listening to The Phantom Nation, the fourth in a series of six podcasts, sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com on israelnewstalkradio.com, coming to you from the land that gave the Jews their name. So the news out of Congress in Washington the other day was mixed, good and bad. The good was the overwhelming support for expelling that Muslim woman, Ilhan Omar, from the U.S. Congress, which I attribute to the spread of the Holocaust remembrance industry, which seems to have persuaded all these Gentiles of the truth that anti-Semitism is not only bad for Jews, it's bad for everybody. Uh, whenever the goyim rise up to do their worst, uh, murdering us in great numbers, lots of goyim get hurt too. For sure, uh, as well, it was not only a vote for Jews and Israel uh, against this Muslim witch. Who can forget the smile on her face when uh, addressing an audience and speaking of the hell on earth that her co-religionists inflicted on 9-11 on America? She said, just somebody did something. Well, what I liked, so to speak, about what she said was the splendid specimen of the essential ingredient in the Arab-Muslim psyche, which is the inability to experience guilt. The Torah tells us that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve experienced shame and guilt, and no less an esteemed psychologist, Eric Erickson, in the last century, in his classic work, Childhood and Society, described the stages of growth in a child learning first shame and then guilt. Uh, the same guilt, Freud said, was an essential building block of civilization. Only with the Ishmaelites, yeah, they know shame, but not guilt. What Ilhan Omar said was the result of her inability to express, even if not guilt, how about just fellow feeling for all those fellow Americans who died that day and the thousands more among their uh, friends and families who grieved then and, and continue to grieve for them by not fingering Islam as the ideology that drove those uh, 19 Muslim skyjacking demons, spiritual freaks in Western terms because of their desire for not only mass murder of uh, innocent travelers, like the capture and enslaving of innocent seagoing Christians in centuries past, and enslaving them, and also then in the name of their religion, they're freaks for aspiring no less to kill themselves for their misconception of the God of Abraham. Ilhan Omar covered up the truth, sort of like a dog uh, pawing in the butt in the dirt after doing his business. The truth is that it was Muslims like her who did what they did that day in the name of her religion, uh, Islam, which she turned into somebody did something which covers up the truth that it was these 19 Muslim maniacs. It's a form of denial of immense power. In the 19... 19- 20s here in the mandate period, the WAC, the Muslim group that administers our Temple Mount, published a tourist guide 
now that the mandate was in effect, uh, tourists were coming and businessmen were coming as the country had not seen in millennia. And with these tourists, the uh, Bois published a pamphlet advertising the Dome of the Rock as a place to visit. Located on the site, said the Waqf of the two Jewish temples. A flash forward to the present. Uh, today, the Arabs say the Jews never had any temples on that mount. You want to know when the Oslo abomination fantasy ended? You can do it to the day. It ended after seven years, almost to the day, at Camp David in July of 2000 in a meeting between President Clinton, Prime Minister Ehud Barak, and the terrorists Arafat and Abbas, in which the last stumbling block to a peace agreement was the fate of our Temple Mount, which Arafat and Abbas said was exclusively the property of Islam, and it's a lie that the Jews tell when they say there were temples there. The Jews say that because they want to take it away from us, they told Clinton and Barak. And I think, this is just marvelous, this is wonderful. This is a moment in history that should be taught in psychiatric training institutes because uh, Bill Clinton, as a youth, was a straight arrow, clean-cut Christian Boy, Boy Scout type. Who knew that in the New Testament, uh, in which uh, the temple is mentioned like a hundred times? What Christian, especially the anti-Jews among them, does not know the story of how Jesus overturned the money changers within walking distance of the temple, because, well, you know, how Jews feel about money. Bill Clinton surely did not agree with Arafat, to put it mildly. Uh, he likely had his eyes opened to the truth that this man was functionally insane. And therefore, the alleged peace process was uh, a fraud, and had been for seven years. Uh, the late PLO guy, Sayyab Arakat, was also at Camp David, and um, he supported Arafat and Abbas in their claim. This is all in the New York Times, by the way. It's in my book. Uh, the Jews, they said, never had any temples on Haram Sharif. So, Clinton and Barak had their first insight into the reality that their beloved peace process was doomed. With these two lunatics, a nice peace is impossible. These two mass murderers of innocent people, not only Jews, not when they blew up international airliners out of the sky, uh, these are murderers of innocent people. In that cabin that day at Camp David Clinton, if not the atheist dunderhead Ehud Barak, finally understood that Oslo was over. And what do you know, Arafat also knew that when he left Camp David. He knew the jig was up. Uh, he had been exposed. And when two months later, Arik Sharon sauntered past Al-Aqsa, this was experienced by believers as an insult, and it was a threat to take the mosque away from them, which Arafat used to explode into the so-called Second Intifada, when thousands of Jews were murdered, maimed, mutilated for life. Packed rush hour buses were exploding in our cities. Israelis call it the Second Intifada, but at that time, and probably still, the barbarians call it the Al-Aqsa Intifada. Flashback to August 1929 in the same city. Hajimin al-Husseini, the Grand Mufti, he spread the lie that the Jews had set fire to Al-Aqsa and massacred 500 Muslims. And the result was a nationwide pogrom in which 137 Jews were murdered. This is the same behavior. Got that in 1929, the famous massacre and mutilation of Jews in Hebron and elsewhere was justified because Al-Yahud had attacked the Holy Mosque and once again, 71 years later, Al-Aqsa Mosque was insulted by Al-Yahud. So, uh, likewise, we also had in 2021, you know, lots of rockets fired at, at us out of Gaza, 
Also in 2014, I think in all these times, the issue was Al-Yahud attacking Al-Aqsa. You get the picture, I hope. These are the same people today that they were in 1929. Uh, and at that time, not even one Muslim in Jerusalem called himself a Palestinian. In that period, that label was the exclusive property really of Jews and Christians who knew it as a synonym for the Bible's promised land versus the Muslims who never even knew and used the words Palestine and Palestinian. The area was all Syria to them. Ilhan Omar is called an anti-Semite because uh, that's simultaneously correct and wrong. It is correct in the contemporary sense of anti-Semitism as a synonym for Jew hatred, but wrong when people say that it's the oldest hatred that's been around for thousands of years, which is simply not true, since the word anti-Semitism was not invented into the, until the mid-19th century, when post-Christians still hated Jews, but now needed a new explanation for their hatred. A post-Christian could no longer hate the Jews for the metaphysical crime of murdering Jesus, who was divine, not when they no longer believed he was divine, so they rebranded the Jews as no nation, but a race, a biological condition and a product of a non-European Asian culture unsuited to uh, high-class European culture. When Ilhan Omer grew up in a culture whose imitation Bible is stuffed with Jew hatred having nothing to do with biological race. It's not anti-Semitic in that regard. The great Ayan Hirsi Ali, uh, as a girl, spent some time living in Saudi Arabia, also from Somalia, and remembers how everything that went wrong in society in life it was the fault of the Jews, even, there, even though there were no Jews in Saudi Arabia. In this, uh, the Jew is a kind of mythical evildoer, uh, a banshee, uh, a gremlin, because Muslims have no guilt and use the Jews to be their guilt bearers. Ilhan Omer's hostility to Jews is a religious-based hatred predating Zionism by 14 centuries.
was Mickey Rosenbaum. So uh, that was the good news out of Washington, the expulsion of this woman with the mind of Stone Age people, uh, expelling her from the Foreign uh, Relations Committee in the House. Heartwarming uh, that so many voted against this off-the-rails Jew-hating Muslim. What, in contrast, was disheartening was that 27 votes were cast by the 27 members of the Democratic Party who are ginos, Jews in name only, they voted against her. They voted with her, that is, to keep her on the committee. And these people have a social identity that is at one with those of all American Gentiles who are unfriendly to the Jewish people. Democrats for more than a century uh, were the home party for most American Jews. It was truly included until 2016. That is, I was a registered Democrat until then in New York City, but that didn't mean anything except the right to vote in Democratic primaries. Uh, which did not stop yours truly in 1984 from voting Republican for the first time for uh, President Reagan for a second term. That was the year when Jesse Jackson scrawled words on the wall, so to speak, at the Democratic Convention uh, that began to lead to the demise of American Jews identified with the Democrats. He opposed, including in the platform, a criticism of anti-Semitism. Uh, these 27 Democrats last week of Jewish extraction uh, who voted not to expel this enemy of the Jewish people from the House Foreign Relations Committee, that was another example of behavior among the non-observant here in, in America, like marrying non-Jews, uh, that is guaranteed to shrink the number of Jews in the world. That's not very friendly. Likewise, a flock of nominally Jewish sheep, so-called 169 prominent Jews, issued a statement allying themselves with the anti-Jugoim worldwide who don't like the fact that in the new government in Jerusalem, there are those who actually believe Judea and Samaria should not be Judenine, off limits to choose, forbidden to them, who live there on barren hillsides, dispossessing not even one ancient Palestinian. These uh, 169 so-called eminent or prominent American Jews uh, who are uh, guaranteed uh, eminent for nothing having to do with their knowledge, study, and execution of the laws of Jews that are thousands of years old, whose performance is the only way to survive as a nation when all other nations don't have such laws, producing de facto uh, our own national immortality. These 169 included heads of the secular Jewish organizations. And of course, these are men who uh, belong to these non-religious Jewish organizations like APAC and the American Jewish Congress and AJ Committee, the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, Jewish federations voicing their opposition to the democratically elected government in Israel. In the early years of the state, such Jews supported whatever government the Israelis voted for because they did not feel they had the right to vote in Israel. They did not live in Israel. They did not pay the high taxes. Uh, they did not send their arms, their sons to the army to be killed. But that ethic no longer is operative among the Ginos. These 169 were making a statement in this period of renewed Jew hatred, including violence against Jews not seen in the best of the West, except for Germany in the 1930s. Uh, Jews assaulted in the streets for no reason. Anti-Semitism is now as acceptable in the public square as a sexual perversion has become. And there's a connection between the two, I have no doubt. 
A case in point is the uh, Grammy Awards TV program uh, for popular music the other night, which was all about sexual perversion and devil worship. So I think these uh, 169 prominent Jews are afraid, and their statement is a statement that they do not identify with the Jews in Israel. They're Americans, red, white, and blue, and they want nothing to do with the Jews who do not cry themselves to sleep over the fate of the Palestinians denied the two-state solution that Secretary of State and fellow Gino, Anthony Blinken, wants. Uh, these men, and I assume some women, are frightened and want everyone to know they're loyal Americans and recoil from the new government in Israel, which is not only likely not to cater to the Palestinians, but uh, also uh, they, this new government may object to the presence of LGBTQ people in the Israeli state. Now, yours truly, I have no objection to their presence in this country. These perversions have been around since the age of Avraham Avinu, Abraham our father, and like other human behaviors, uh, such as lying, committing adultery, stealing, murder, all referenced on the two tablets engraved by the finger of the creator of this life given to Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments are 70% negative because God gives man the freedom to do all these things that are not good for mankind and society, which is why the nations need the seven Noahide laws as well, as we have our ten. So I have no objection to the existence of such people who are addicted to these perversions, and they are addictions. I ask only that, like when we answer the calls of nature, we're human, we do this in private, and to desist from teaching children this, there's nothing wrong with what they do. Like that poor Christian baker in the Colorado, harassed by these two sodomites. I said last uh, webcast, um, and stand by it, that this poor man should argue in court that he has the right not to be engaged at any level in the subject of what homosexual men do to one another, and the right to expel them from his bakery the moment they indicate what they do with their sex organs and organs of evacuation. And there is a connection uh, to the TV program last week between devil worship and homosexuality, the devil opposes the God of Israel and, of course, opposes his commands in Leviticus 18 with its score of prohibitions in the matter of intimate relations. It is wholly a fantasy that there is such a thing as gender. Uh, degenerates make that claim. And, of course, uh, no such thing as transgenderism. Uh, in, in any case, there is a prohibition in Sefet Volim, Deuteronomy, against wearing the clothes of the opposite sex clothes being invented in the Garden of Eden to cover up the organs of reproduction. Uh, but nothing uh, in the statement of these 169 prominent American Jews is more illustrative of the fact of their own drifting away from their Jewish identity by insisting that the opposition, this is in their text, to Zionism is in itself not necessarily anti-Semitic. What's missing here is the, is who does the opposing to Zionism. For example, a Haredi Jew who does not like the absence of religion in the secular Zionist state uh, cannot be called an anti-Semite because that word today connotes immediately Auschwitz, the Holocaust, the physical mass murder of Jews, which absolutely not one anti-Zionist Haredi contemplates, versus the overwhelming number of those today who claim not are anti-Semitic, only anti-Israel. These people are lying.
מתנער אבק וחול. לומד בחום שפתיים, וזאת הדרך לשלום. פותחים עוד שק של כעס, מפזרים את אם תצא למלחמה וראית אשת שורדותיך בחום היום ובמחנך. אשת עצה ורה ואז תקשיב לכל שירה כמו אור וחום על העולם
And that was an original piece by Gavriel Hasson. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. So uh, I wanted to get to uh, this extraordinary video of President Trump in his home in Mar-a-Lago describing what he will do when reelected in the matter of the, my word, sociopathic fad these days of mutilating boys and girls with surgery, injecting them with chemicals, with telling children they were born in the wrong body, and medically doing something about that. This is sick. I will now extensively quote his plan. Uh, number one, quote, The left-wing gender insanity being pushed on our children is an act of child abuse. Very simple, close quote. <laughs> number two, uh, Trump will, quote, revoke Joe Biden's so-called gender-affirming care, which includes giving kids puberty blockers, mutating their uh, physical appearance, and uh, ultimately performing surgery on minors. Number three, a new executive order, order instructing every federal agency to cease all programs that promote the concept of sex and gender transition at any age, close quote. That is, deserves a wow. Uh, this is a uh, counter-revolution, I say. Uh, this is what the American Psychiatric Association should be doing. The same dreadful group that said in 1972 there's nothing wrong with sodomy if those engaged in it, engage in it uh, like it. Number four, uh, Trump wants to ask Congress to permanently stop federal taxpayer dollars from being, used, from being used to promote and pay for these procedures. Number five, he will pass a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. Number six, he will declare that any hospital or health care provider participating in the chemical and physical mutilation of minor youth will no longer meet federal health and safety standards for Medicaid and Medicare and will be terminated from the program. Number seven, he will direct the Department of Justice to investigate the role of Big Pharma, the major pharmaceutical companies, in covering up the horrific long-term side effects of, quote-unquote, sex transitions to get rich at the expense of vulnerable patients, the illegal marketing of hormone and puberty blockers. Number eight, he will direct the Department of Education to inform states and school districts that if any teachers or school officials suggest to children that they could be trapped in the wrong body, they will be faced with severe consequences, including potential civil rights violations for sex discrimination and the elimination of federal funding. Number nine, as part of a new credentialing body for teachers, we will promote positive education about the nuclear family, the roles of mother and father, and celebrate rather than erase the things that make men and women different and unique. Number 10, the only genders recognized by the U.S. government will be male and female assigned at birth, and the government will prohibit men from participating in women's sports, close quote. This is a declaration of war against the spiritual plague of sexual craziness launched in the 1960s, beginning with the contraceptive industry that broke apart the divine command to be fruitful and multiply from the pleasure of doing so. It led to women scorning motherhood. It led to mass fornication, mass adultery, mass divorce, millions of broken homes. It led to the blessing of intrauterine infanticide as a form of birth control after the fact. It led to the social acceptance of sexual perversion, of orgies by sodomites, uh, who by their behavior spread a terrible fatal disease. It led to Donald Trump drafting this list. 
for which alone he should be returned to office, in addition to reversing the theft of his victory at the hands of criminals, traitors really, I look forward to someday seeing President Ron DeSantis in the Oval Office, but not now. In 2024, DeSantis is young and can wait. Trump deserves another four years, after which the excellent DeSantis can take his place.
And that was the delightful Yehuda Glantz. Okay, this has been the fourth of six weekly podcasts of Phantom Nation, the title as well of a book of the same name, sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com. More than one reader has called it the best book ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. I'll be back uh, next Wednesday, God willing, and when this series is over, the podcast will continue three times a week. On www.phantom-nation.com, I'm Shai Bentakoa. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumin, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumin, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.